You know, as you look back behind me, you see a picture of Jesus and it looks kind of ominous. Why? Because the Christian faith is a bloody faith. Why? Because there was a high price paid for you and me. We had to be purchased out of something and he bought us with a price, his precious blood. That's what Easter is about. Jesus coming and doing something for us we could not do for ourselves. Hi, I'm Pastor Ron Carpenter. Hang on with me these next few minutes. It's gonna be life changing. cross, which is the centerpiece of the Bible, you got to go back to Genesis 1. And we need to understand something. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Preachers have a fallback quote whenever something happens that they can't explain. They say, God is in control. So, you know, a hurricane will sweep through Florida. God is in control. Katrina will come through God, and tornadoes will come through the Midwest. God is in control, and God forbid, an earthquake on the West Coast, and God is in control. And I want to take my head and just run it through a TV screen. Because if God was in control, then why did he have to come get authority? In the beginning, God made the heavens... And he made the earth. He made an invisible realm and he made a visible realm. One that you can't see, one that you can see. One that we learn by the senses, the other can only be learned by faith. He created both. God himself is a spirit, the Bible says, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God being a spirit built for himself a heavenly dwelling, a spiritual dwelling, and the Bible says that the word of God is forever settled in heaven. So in other words, whenever God says a thing, it is. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. No, whatever God said, that's what happened because God ruled the heavens. But God went to Genesis 1, 26 through 28 after creation and said, now let us make man. Okay? What he's talking about is not a gender, not a male. He's talking about a kind. Let us make a kind and what kind is he going to be? He's going to be my kind. The Bible says he was made in the image of God. Image of God. So in other words, when God was fashioning Adam, he was looking at himself in the mirror. And he was creating a physical replica of himself. So God made heaven, the first, I mean the earth, and the first place in earth was called Eden, which means paradise or heavenly, and then he made a man in his image. So God had the spiritual heavens, and he ruled the heavens, and he made a physical earth, and he said, let man have dominion. He said, I own it, but man runs it. It's like a lease. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're not arguing ownership. We're not owning who created it and who did it and who does it belong to. We're arguing who is in charge. And if you lease property, you don't own it, but you are in charge of the activity that goes on there during the duration of the lease. 
So if the last store may have been a, a, a dry cleaners and you're coming now that they've left and you're going to open up a jewelry store. I don't know, but now they're not going to come and bring their laundry anymore. Why? Because now you're leasing the space and there is an entire different activity that will be operating on that premises and you're in charge of it. That is the nature of a lease. So God said, I made it, but Adam, I want you to run it. And I want you to run it like I run heaven. So earth was never meant to operate apart from heaven. It was meant to be governed the same way that heaven is governed. How does God rule the heavens? With words. God doesn't just use words to communicate. He uses words to create. So when God speaks, it becomes whatever he calls it. That's why it's impossible for God to lie. It didn't mean he has the inability to tell a lie. It means if he looked at brown and called it black, it would immediately become black. So therefore, it's impossible for him to lie. Because whatever he calls it, that's what it is. <laughs> that's why you are what God called you and not what everybody else has called you. <laughs> I should have saved that one. I, I pulled the trigger on that one too early. Hallelujah, I'm hungry. I got to hurry up. <laughs> so, God created Adam. Now, look at Adam. Adam is in the earth. And go to Psalm 8. Let's, uh, let's start with the first verses that I gave you. Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you've ordained, when I consider your creation, what is man? that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him. Verse 5, you have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. God is not in control. God is in ownership. We're in control. That's why we have the mess we have. With all due respect, if God was in control, he'd have had it fixed by breakfast. <laughs> so we are in a world now and God uses people. So if it's going to get better, it's going to be because of us. If it gets worse, it's going to be because of us. <laughs> How did the Bay Area become the most unreached, unchristian area? In the, it wasn't God's fault. And so now it's going to experience a revival like never before. Who's it going to be up to? And tag, you're it. Okay? So the word glory is an unusual word because the word glory means weight and authority. So in other words, God put Adam in the earth and put his stuff on him. And said, now, this is what he told Adam, whatever you call it, that's what it is. I'm going to put my stuff on you so that when you're in the earth and you speak a thing, heaven will come behind you and back up what you say. So Adam went around and you never hear about work until after sin. 
Because Adam didn't multiply and increase through work and labor. He multiplied because he had the authority and glory of God. And when he spoke to a thing, whatever he called it, that's what it became. Come on, somebody. You're seeing what I'm saying. So then Adam took the fruit. It's not about fruit. It's not about a tree. It's not figuring out if it's an orange or apple or any other cartoon you've seen. It's about rebellion. The universal sin of rebellion. Everybody ain't murdered. Everybody ain't, everybody ain't, but everybody, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one to his own way. Adam went to that tree that he was warned about and he had a choice. Why did he have a choice? Because love is not love if it's not a choice. And God wanted man to love him. I don't, want, I don't want love that is forced. I don't want to drive up after being gone preaching for a week and my wife tell my kids, now I need you to go hug your daddy. That hug ain't no good. That's a terrible hug. But that one that's in their heart that makes them come running and I can't even get the car door open before they trying to get to me, that's the one I want. So God put a tree there and said, I'm going to give you the choice to love me. You get to choose to. And Adam chose, I'm not going to live your way, I'm going to live my way. And the Bible says that at that moment, every vile thing, every evil thing, that only up until that point God had knowledge of, began to flood the world. The reason we deal with what we deal with is not because of God, it's because of sin. Sin infected the bloodline of the whole human race. And there's only one answer for it, and you've got to be born of another blood. That's why this is a bloody faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. The life of a thing is in the blood. You can lose your heart and they can keep your heart pumping. And as long as you got blood, you will live. They can change any of your organs and you will live. If you lose blood, you get a, better get a blood transfusion. Because if you lose the blood, the life of a thing is in the blood. Now sin lives in the blood. Whew. Now, pastor, that's where I struggle with you. You say everybody's born into sin. Well, I'm a pretty good guy. My company's doing well. I love my wife. My kids are going to college. You know, this, everybody needs a savior. No, we're not all born into sin. Okay, well, why do you have to correct your child? You didn't have to teach your child to say no. You didn't have to teach your child to say mine. You didn't have to teach them to be selfish. You have to teach them to be generous. You didn't have to teach them to be greedy. They found that all by themselves. You had to teach them to share. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm going to go some love. Where, whoever shows me the love, that's who I'm going to. <laughs> you don't have to teach them to say bad words. You have to teach them to say nice words. Why do we punish? Why do we discipline? Why do we correct? Because there's something already headed in the wrong way. And we tried to turn it. We're trying to turn it back around. Everything in Adam's loins. Adam was the first. So when Adam sinned, everything in his loins sinned with him. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. 
glory. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So he crowned them with glory. So Adam walked around and when he spoke, it became what he said. And now he's lost it? Ooh. So now Adam is trapped in a world that does not respond to him. Now he speaks and nothing moves. Now he speaks and nothing changes. Why? Because heaven no longer backs him up. He no, his words no longer carry weight. He's trapped, and now he has to start working. Why does he start working by the sweat of his brow? Because the ground no longer listens to his mouth. So then we see the entrance of work. We see the entrance of sweat, and then we think this is God's punishment. God said, get them out of the garden. Get them out of the garden. Why? Because there were two trees there, not one. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then there was the tree of life, and God said, let me tell you, getting them out of the garden was not punishment for doing wrong. It was the mercy of God because God said, now that they've eaten from the tree of knowledge, let's get them out lest they eat from the tree of life. So God was saying, in other words, now that they are lost, if they turn around and eat from the tree of life, they will be eternally lost. So he said, I got to get them out or this thing right here will be irrevocable. So all of sin comes short of the glory of God in a span of 4,000 years. It's about a relationship with Jesus where you put your faith in him and then that faith becomes so real on the inside of you that out of your desire to walk with God and please God, you live out the principles of the word and then that distinguishes you because the blessing of the Lord is on you. Recently, it seems there continue to be variant after variant after variant. But now Ron Carpenter introduces the latest new type of variant. It's called a breakout of faith. Faith is something that is lived out and expressed in your everyday life. And I want it to be not because of what I say, but because what I do and the way I treat people and doing right by people and being honest. Come on, somebody. This is how you live out your faith. We are not of the world. This series is available for your gift of $40 or more. Call now and we will include free shipping or visit roncarpenter.com or write to the address on your screen. take a minute and we're just going to get back to the Word in just a second so don't go anywhere because the Word is the most important thing. But I just want to take a minute to thank all of our covenant partners. For those of you who don't know, we are listener slash viewer supported. We didn't show you any commercials. We didn't break away and talk about any ads. We don't have any advertisers, any sponsors. It's just people who say, you know, I want, I want the message of the gospel to go around the world. And Pastor Ron, we want to help you do it. And I want to thank you so many people who believe with us. Maybe some of you all the way back to 98 when we started. Maybe some of you just last week. It doesn't matter how long. I just want to let you know I don't take it for granted. You have many options. There are many people doing great things all over the world. I give to many of them. I'm sure you do too, and I want you to continue. But I want to thank you that we found favor in your sight. 
and that you have been somebody who has faithfully given. Maybe you've never given before, but you've been blessed. And you say, I want to help you do what you're doing. I want this to stay on the air. Uh, you can become a monthly partner at whatever size gift that uh, you feel comfortable with, whatever God's put on your heart. Or you can give to, a, you can give one time. And whatever it is, we just want you to obey God. Challenge yourself. What would God have you to do? Ask him about it. Because we believe that we have a message of Jesus and his kingdom. And we're going to keep plowing until we have the whole earth hearing it in their known language. Would you help me? God bless you and thank you for all that you do. Why couldn't God just, if he's God, why couldn't he say, be saved? Because it's hard when we live in a democracy to understand kingdom. Jesus is not a president. And the people in the kingdom do not have voting rights. You've got to understand in a kingdom, whatever comes out of the king's mouth is immediately law. A king has to be very careful with his words. The Bible even says when the king is good, the people rejoice. When the king is evil, the people mourn. So Jesus is a king bringing a kingdom. Okay? So, God had already marked off the parameters. Man has dominion in the earth, not a spirit. And God is spirit. So, John chapter 1, throw it on there, please. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Okay, that has huge ramifications. That which is of dog is dog. That which is of cat is cat. That which is of carpenter is carpenter. Okay, that which is of giraffe is giraffe. That which is of cow is cow. That which is of God Mm-hmm. That's heavy, isn't it? Born out of God. Next verse. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld. There it is again. Glory. What was Adam crowned with? Go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, a man of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are also those made of dust. And is the heavenly man, so are also those who are heavenly. Come on, that's a good word right there. So we have, if an Adam had the ability to screw it up, it's going to take an Adam to fix it. Luke 3, 38. Let me just blow people's minds some more. I love blowing minds. Hallelujah. Silicon Valley is a great place to blow minds, isn't it? Amen. This is a lineage chapter. This was when I was in Bible school. Man, we hated learning all these lineages. But this is Luke is telling a lineage all the way from Adam to Jesus. And we're right here at the end. He says, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of 
So Adam was made. Jesus was begotten. Adam was fashioned to be the son of God. Jesus was born, birthed to be the son of God. So where does that leave us? We are adopted. I don't have time to prove that today. Adam was made. Jesus was begotten. We are adopted. So the first Adam was a man of the dust. The second one was a man of the spirit. So the word became flesh. Why? Because God said in the earth, if you're going to have authority, you have to have a body. So God became a man. <laughs> he became a man. He was not 50-50. He was 100-100. He was fully God in a flesh suit. And that says, and we beheld his glory. Why didn't, okay, why didn't we just let him come, die, be raised, and we're all saved and just be done with it? Because Jesus didn't die on a cross for you to come to church and do good things. I'm trying to explain to you original intent. That quite frankly, I don't hear it spoken out of many pulpits. Original intent. Because the ramifications of responsibility are too great. And people don't want to hear it. Just tell me how to be nice, how to be good, you know, and let me be a good little Christian. No. If it gets better, it's because of us. If it gets worse, it's because of us. Let them have dominion. So, why did Jesus leave three and a half years if it's just about Easter? Because he wanted them to behold how he originally designed it. Adam in the earth was crowned with glory. There's been no glory. Now the second Adam says, let me show you what I meant. So what does he do? Look at it. He starts talking to everything. It's crazy. He starts, he comes up by a fig tree and there's nothing on it and he's hungry. And he says, may no one ever eat from you again. It just listens to him and dies. This is crazy. He goes out to the bow of a boat that is sinking. And he goes out to the bow and he speaks to the wind. And it stops blowing. And then he speaks to the waves and the waves stop crashing. And he's letting everybody behold this. I want you to watch how I originally meant for this to go. I didn't mean for everything to rule you and sink your boat. I meant for you to go out to the bow of your boat and tell the wind and storms of your troubles, peace be still. Come on, somebody. I feel like preaching this thing. Hallelujah. He goes up to Lazarus' tomb. He didn't go there and lay hands on him and anoint him at all. He just he sent his voice in there, sent his word. Lazarus, come forth. And he came out there busting out of that tomb, wrapped in his grave clothes. He said, loose him and let him go. Come on. He sent his mouth in there. So Jesus is going around talking to stuff. Everything's moving. Everything's shifting and changing. And everybody following him is saying, by what authority is he doing this? Who talks to when? And when listens. 
Who talks to water and water listens? Who talks to trees? Adam did. And he lost it. So Jesus came as a man. See, sin was in man. God hates sin. But God loves us. And the thing he hated got inside of what he loved. So God hates it has a dilemma. Because he loves the thing, but he hates what's in it. So what does he have to do before he can come back together with the thing he created to love? He's got to get rid of the thing he hates. And the Bible says that on the cross, you say, what was that cross stuff? That he became sin for us. Okay. My sin, because Jesus died on a cross, is now a dead corpse. Quit letting people remind you of everything you've done wrong. That stuff's dead. That stuff is a dead. When Jesus died, it died. And I'll tell you something else. When Jesus got up, you got up. Hallelujah. Your peace got up. Your healing got up. Your victory got up. Your family got up. Your success got up. Everything. When he, when he died, everything bad about you died. But when he got up, he raised you up in resurrection power. And I believe everybody in this room is going to feel that before they leave today. Somebody take five seconds and just clap. Hallelujah. When he got up, you got up. Shout amen. You know what, before we leave, what is Easter about? Certainly in about, in about bunnies and eggs. What is it about? It's about somebody being perfect because we weren't. It's about somebody taking our place. It's about somebody doing what we could not do. Salvation is not based on behavior, conduct, flawless character, or getting it all right, because then it would be something you could earn and something you could win. But the Bible says it's a gift. It's not a wage. It's not something you got paid for doing something. It's a gift. And God doesn't take it back. And I offer you the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. You say, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I can. Jesus was good enough. And now all I have to do is put my faith in him and I've become good enough for God. Would you pray this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for doing what I could not, for coming from heaven down, for being the penalty for my sin giving me your love and giving me your salvation. I accept you now into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Save me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just that easy. The grace of God has now visited you. Congratulations. Would you write in? Would you call in? Would you go to our website? Would you mail in? Let us know that you've given your heart to Jesus. Don't do it alone. Don't do it anonymously. Tell the world what Jesus Christ just did in your heart. Amen. So grateful for you, and I hope that this has been a blessing to you. Congratulations to those that just got saved. And until next time, God bless you. It's about a relationship with Jesus where you put your faith in him, and then that faith becomes so real on the inside of you that out of your desire to walk with God and please God, you live out the principles of the word, and then that distinguishes
nourishes you because the blessing of the Lord is on you. Recently, it seems there continue to be variant after variant after variant. But now Ron Carpenter introduces the latest new type of variant. It's called a breakout of faith. Faith is something that is lived out and expressed in your everyday life. And I want it to be not because of what I say, but because what I do and the way I treat people and doing right by people and being honest. Come on, somebody. This is how you live out your faith. We are not of the world. This series is available for your gift of $40 or more. Call now and we will include free shipping or visit roncarpenter.com or write to the address on your screen. Thank you.